Hey folks, this week's episode is sponsored by VSB Performance. VSB is an integrated sports performance program all done over the web. For one low monthly price, you get access to real, certified sports trainers who work with you through videos that you take in the privacy of your own home, allowing them to tailor a program specifically for you. This is the new way to do fitness. Check out VSB at vsbperformance.com. Enter the offer code MAKEITPOD at checkout for 10% off your first program. Again, that's offer code MAKEITPOD. All right, let's do the show. This week, as far as fun, end, fun end uh, job situation or just out playing. Yeah, That's no all. one wants to hear about your job right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <clears throat> uh, spent a lot of spent a lot of time actually in the evening, uh, recording and uh, recording some video for um, my side company VSB Performance. So, um, spent a lot of time on that. And building out content. Nice. What about yourself? Oh, man. I actually had a pretty busy week. Um, uh, did some interesting things. So, yeah. you know, the glasses you helped me pick out from uh, <laughs> Warby Parker? Yeah, sure. I went with the ones that my wife picked. Yeah, uh, that's but, better. But um, my... <laughs> my uh prescription was expired and so they required me to get a new one and so i actually did my eye exam online what yeah so um i go on there they asked me to enter my name and then they asked me to enter my shoe size and uh i thought that was bizarre but it really what it's to do is <clears throat> Um, it's to measure how far you need to be from your computer to do the eye exam. And it was pretty much just the same, uh, thing you would go through, you know, on, you had your phone, it's a combination between your phone and your computer and the phone is, you know, 10 feet away or so, or the computer is. And, uh, on your phone, you're tapping where the X is on the screen and it, you know, it gets smaller, bigger, just like your regular vision test. Uh, the only benefit to that is you don't get the, that air blown into your eyes. Have you ever had that eye exam? You don't wear contacts, so you don't know no. anything about this. No. So Great it, vision over here. Yes. Great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I thought that was amazing. And, and what it does is, okay, I put that in. I take a picture of my contact lenses so they know what I'm wearing now. And it goes to an optometrist, and they sign off on it. And then they give what? you a prescription right in your email. Okay, and I could, is there some liability there still? I mean, well, I mean, <clears throat> it seems like there's a lot of room for error there. Um, there probably is, right? So they're not. They gave. They prescribed. You know, I put in there that my preference was. You know, I like my current prescription. Keep it. Sure. And um, that's what they they gave me. Uh, probably some liability. They don't do the is one better, is two better, is three right. better. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think. It's good to go in every now and then because they do some screening stuff, you know. Um, but as far as just getting your prescription renewed, it gets renewed every year. If I like the prescription I have, I don't know any different. 
It's not getting any better. <laughs> um, it was way easier just to pay them half, really, what it cost me to go to a, a regular optometrist, and then they just review my results. And I'm all about the telehealth because you know what? I think <laughs> I would I would disclose more to a doctor over the internet than I would my doctor in real life. Yeah, but there's a little bit of a difference between having like a an illness and then having <laughs> getting your eyes checked, man. That's like next thing you know, like people are going to be doing their driving tests like online, and you know where you have to put your head into that little thing and you have to read the lines and see what side the light is on. And yeah, I'm seriously, okay, not? I'm not willing virtual to, reality I'm not allows willing you to do that. No, yeah, no, not yet. Yeah. Not so, unless everybody has like an Oculus at home or something like that, that can actually do that. It's coming, buddy. It's yeah. coming. We'll get there. We'll never have to leave home. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other thing I think that was interesting this week, um, is I think you did this at, at one point. Um, we talked about this, so I, I like to have shoes that that are that are of quality. I get them resold. Oh yeah. Um, and so uh, typically, you know, I buy my brand is Allen Edmonds. But sure. what I decided was, you know, I was looking online, and uh, there's this company called Simon Beckett, and. So I ordered them. They were like, you know, hundred bucks less than Allen Edmonds typically are. So I was like, oh, I found a deal here. Right. I'll give them a try. Um, but then I got an email saying your shoes are expected to ship in October, uh. and <laughs> I, this was last month. And I was yeah. like, what is going on? And um, evidently, what they do is it's a campaign they run. And I think you did this. I think this is the same company you were looking for your shoes for forever. And they do a, um, a run, a limited run. Sure. And you pay ahead of time. Yeah. And they source it, and then they um, order off for these shoes. And they order. I just got an email today saying they're they've they've ended the campaign and they're ordering the material now. So I'm still months away from getting my shoes, and now I'm thinking to myself, this was kind of cool, but I I really hope they're like of quality of hundreds if not thousands of dollars more than i paid <laughs> yeah otherwise i would have rather paid the hundred bucks right yeah but wasn't a there little... a company you were looking for your shoes for there was forever? something something like that where i had uh found some found some shoes online and um it was the same type of situation where i was going to end up having to wait like six eight weeks or something like that and of course they don't tell you that right when you hit the no, order button they didn't tell you that at all uh, so I'm sitting here waiting, and like two, three weeks pass by, and I get notification that, oh, they're going to be shipped, you know, like in another month, shipped. And so I canceled it and was just like, okay, well, forget that. I went to the store and actually just bought a pair of new dress shoes. I think it must have been the same thing. So, so I'm going to try it. I'm going to actually see. Well, you stick come. it out and let me know how it went because yeah. I didn't have the patience for it. Opportunity cost can't. It does. Time value right well, there. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wrote a blog post around uh, Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, but um, really what they did, you're pre-ordering, right? It requires you to put 1000 bucks down. And so this right. is of much the same, I guess, spirit of, of selling. And, and so my question to you is, is that a viable business um, strategy? I think so. I mean, it all really depends on your product, right? You, I think in order to do something like that, 
successfully. It has to be something of niche. Tesla is like way more niche than a pair of shoes that you can go to a store and buy, right? Um, Tesla is very unique. Obviously, that's a large purchase as well that um, you're not going to be able to just go down the street and go buy like you could like a Chevy, you know, Z71 truck or whatever. Um, So a little bit of a difference there. Um, There is uh, something kind of similar too, like with um, right now my wife and I are looking at uh, these uh, jog-along strollers, right? And they're kind of doing something similar, except it's still in the market testing phase as they're going through um, trying to get all these different certifications and things like that in order to get a baby product out there. And um, so they're trying to develop that demand by getting people to sign up and uh, show that interest. Um, so it's kind of interest or interesting. I can see doing that, like when you're trying to do that market testing. So a way to to really um, say for jog along, I'm not I'm not certain here, but maybe making some assumptions that maybe they're doing that market testing to not only feel demand, but maybe um, for maybe those investors that they have to show those investors, Hey, here's this demand. We, we want to get more, um, investment there to kind of like drive the manufacturing and things like that. Right. So those are two different business models. One is sure that it's, it's funded by VCs or what have you. Yeah. And the other is that I guess, I guess it's customer funded, you know, they're getting the funds to buy the material. And and so either way, it's smart if you can do that, if, because in any sales situation, right, you want to try and get the, you want to get the transaction as close to the order as possible. Right. So you want to, it's that whole order to cash process. You want to receive, like you want to have the funds as close to that transaction as possible so that there's no carrying costs of inventory, like um, your production time, you know, all of that type of stuff you're taking into account is just very seamless. So you're not holding on to this inventory and waiting for it to be sold. You've already sold it, and so you're building to order. Yeah, that's great if you can do that. Yeah, I think there's some there's there's something there. I don't – several months to wait in the right now economy is – yeah. I don't know. It's tough for a that's, guy like me who uses Amazon Prime. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm very surprised with that type of model for something as simple as like a pair of shoes, uh, especially if they're not something like very high dollar, like, you know, $2,000, like, I don't know, Louis Vuitton or something. Yeah, I like, I'm that throwing way. that out there. Yeah, no, I'm nowhere near that. Um, but I would think in order to have that, you have to have definitely a very specific niche. Um, you have to really have a have a customer segment that's very defined and that value proposition is delivered in a way that it's very specific to that customer segment, you know, so that they know that it's that high value is attached to almost like a premium, right? Well, we'll find out here in October. I'll let you know how those shoes turn out uh, of high value. So, um, (laughs) so what are we doing on today's show? Well, this is going to be a great one. As I as I concluded the last um, interview, where it was myself getting grilled question after qu- question by Kent, um, I requested that we flip the script. And so this time around, we are going to flip the script, and Kent Panovic is getting interviewed here. So we're going to find out a little bit more about this guy and see what he's got to share. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this, especially. This uh, is good stuff. Oh man. You'll want to stay tuned. For mine, you could have passed on it, but this one, 
We'll be good. Oh, here we go. All right, you ready to get started? Sure am. Let's get going here. You seem a little too eager for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit excited, you know, after uh after our last conversation when you had no problem just throwing question, question, question out there. So figure it'll be good to get a little bit know about Kent here. All right. Come at me, bro. So I'll start it out a little simple, man. Like, uh, tell me a little bit about like where you grew up. I know it wasn't around here. You're always killing on the Midwest. So let's, let's hear this. This is maybe the hardest question I get asked on a regular basis. Sure. Um, because really it's from all over. Um, I was born in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. It, it is. It wasn't the uh, Cashville that it is today. Uh, I went back recently. It's a, a, turning into a great city. We lived there till uh, I was about twelve, um, and then we moved to Carson City, Nevada. And uh, huge change going from lush green uh, to the desert. Um, really landed and felt like we were on Mars. Um, and, uh, we spent uh, about, uh, four years out there, maybe it was three and then moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. Wow. And, uh, at my freshman year of high school. And then after that, uh, actually went back to, uh, Tennessee for my freshman year of college. And then I moved back to Lincoln and then we moved to, uh, Midland, Texas. And my family is now down in Austin, Texas. So, I mean, that's a really long story to tell every time someone says, where are you from? So um, that is the hardest question I get asked on a well, what Well, what was all the bouncing around for? I mean, what kind of what kind of drove that? Yeah, so um, when I was about maybe 11, 12, um, yeah, that was before the um, Y2K. Remember oh, that? yeah, yeah. So um, – my mom was a um, social worker for the state of Tennessee for maybe 20 years. And then um, I think trying to um, find a better life for me and my brother. Sure. Um, you know, I need to go back and ask her, how in the heck did you find a how job out in Nevada? Yeah, well, that um, too. And uh, really, she wasn't in the IT field before that. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, it as people often do, uh, found a, uh, an opportunity and said, you know, I think I can do that. And she got hired as a tester, uh, for IBM oh, wow. uh, on a contract out in uh, yeah. Nevada, um, testing, uh, applications to make sure they weren't going down when the clock turned, uh, to zero. Sure. Uh, during Y2K. So, uh, that's how we got out to Nevada. And then from then on out, she was, she's been in IT, and, um, you know, she's been an IT contractor, so that spurred the moving. Right. And I think we moved away from Nevada, or I mean Nebraska, because she wanted to get out of the cold. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, married my wife and wound wound up back here uh, enjoying our brutal winters. Right on, man. Yeah, um, there's no getting away from that. So, um, So I guess, like, growing up, man, like, how was it growing up for you? I know you have a brother. So any other siblings or close, uh, close extended family or anything like that? Yeah, no, I mean, it was mostly me, my brother and my mom. Um, 
you know, my parents got divorced when I was, when I was three and then me and my brother are three years apart. So it must've been just after my brother was born. Sure. Um, that they, uh, got divorced. And, uh, so we lived, um, in Tennessee and my dad was around till I was about five. My brother was, uh, two. And then, uh, he just kind of stopped coming around, uh, or calling or, you know, he used to take us every other weekend or so, but, uh, at some point I think probably found another, uh, family remarried, um, and, uh, decided it was easier to do it that way. Sure. Um, and so, you know, for, for most of my life, it's been me, my uh, mom and my brother and, uh, my mom playing kind of both roles of, of, uh, dad and mom. And, you know, she kept us involved in sports, et cetera. And so, um, I think we had a lot of good male influences and mentors in our life. Right. But, uh, y- you know, I think me and my brother were fortunate in the fact that my mom had made a decision early on that, uh, we were kind of going to be her world. And, right. uh, you know, she didn't really date. There wasn't boyfriends in and out, out of the house. And yeah. so, um, you know, I think we have a lot of advantages in that way, but, uh, you know, that w- that was kind of us. And then moving around a lot, uh, didn't lend itself to staying close with the extended family. Certainly. Sure. Uh, we have relationships there, but you know, for a lot of, the uh, a lot of time growing up, it was us. So, yeah. Well, if I can share, you know, you, you being a new dad, I'm a new dad as well. Some, you know, you're a little newer than I am. So, um, so does that have any, I guess, kind of influence in how, how you plan to kind of raise your son with your wife? I mean, um, have you thought, has that thought kind of crossed your mind or what do you think about that? I think it did. I mean, um, me and my wife have been married for 10 years and I think probably it took uh, me that long to get to that place because, um, you know, I wasn't quite sure what it took to be, uh, be a dad probably. Um, and so I think I've thought about it more recently, um, than not since, since, uh, my son was born. And so really just trying to be, um, not make that a repeat performance. And so, um, uh, but no, I think it, I think it's more pressure now. And, um, you know, you always want to give your kids more than you had. And so, um, totally, I don't know. It's been a pretty incredible experience. It was been, you know, it's something you don't expect. People tell you, yeah. Um, one, it, it is, it's super, uh, hard to get used to, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's just awesome being a dad. And so, um, you know, you think about it a lot lately, you know, thinking back, my brother was, you know, two, two years old when my, you know, dad said, you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do that. Um, and so, uh, that mindset is becoming a little more real now, I think. Yeah. Than, than, than previously, but, uh, you know, we're lucky that our mom was there and I gotta say, I don't hold any resentment there or think we missed out on anything, but I think a lot of credit goes to my mom yeah. uh, for making sure we didn't miss out on anything. Totally. Cause, uh, that could have gone a totally different way. Oh yeah. And who knows, man, I haven't spent a lot of time in this drink chair, so maybe I'm screwed up <laughs> in another different way. I don't know about yet, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I feel pretty fortunate that, uh, she kind of just devoted herself to us. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely pretty commendable and pretty neat for, for her to, um, have the strength to do something like that. Um, but, uh, 
Well, kind of like jumping, jumping a little bit um, back, if not forward a little bit here. So um, kind of curious to hear a little bit about like Kent in high school, you know, mm-hmm. like we can surpass all like the other grown up years and all that type of stuff. Probably getting beat up by your little brother. <laughs> but um, let's hear about like Kent in high school, man. Like, were you in athletics? Were you like a, a bookworm? I mean, were you, were you just kind of like a geek or what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I was certainly in athletics, um, academics, or school came easy. Um, I don't remember spending a lot of time uh, studying, but certainly always got good grades. But, um, you know, was always in sports. Um, you know, going back to my mom, she always made sure we were in sports. Yeah. Um, I was never, and, and still not, uh, certainly the um, gifted athlete. I, I can certainly uh, do sports, and, and I'm better than most, but I'm not a, a gifted athlete. I just worked really hard at it. Um, right. My brother, on the other hand, is a very gifted athlete, and he works very hard at it. <laughs> um, and so uh, really still uh, the only sport we still play together, uh, golf, uh, he puts me to uh, shame at. And so certainly a, a humbling experience every time uh, we head out to the course which I'm sure you feel every time you play with me. <laughs> I was waiting for some little smart aleck comment <laughs> like that, man. I was just waiting for it. Um, that's all right. I'll give you that. Um, so, all right, man, like thinking about like uh, we're diving through high school. Let's think about college, man. Um, just thinking about your uh, what I know of like your career path being, I think, it's systems and um, project management and um, solution sales. Uh, how, how the heck did that come about, man? Like, yeah, college was not a natural, uh, path for me. And went, you know, people, that's another hard question for me. Uh, where'd you go to school? And it was a lot of different places. Uh, that was a time when I was, um, you know, I think I started out, uh, college with the medical path and I took a phlebotomy class and we had to draw blood from each other. And you can kind of feel the vein pop. Yeah. And I got a little squeamish and said, I'm not sure this is for me. Yeah. And then uh, I took an anatomy course in the lab, you know, it was in springtime. And I remember sitting in a lab and they handed you a skull to kind of memorize the different components of the skull. And I was sitting there and it was a three hour lab and I'm looking outside and it's beautiful weather. And uh, I remember getting up, walking up, uh, handing in my skull. Uh, walking out of the class and going and changing majors right <laughs> oh on the spot gosh, um, to uh, a business focus. Yeah. I was done. I, yeah. I was not going to spend another uh, part of my life in a lab. It wasn't my passion. And so um, I, I really started down that uh, business path. I My uh, first degree was in marketing, yeah. uh, second in project management. And so... Um, Really thought, and, and still do to this day, uh, really love doing the marketing and advertising thing, um, but um, kind of fell into IT after sure. uh, college. But those were kind of the college years. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. So so I guess like thinking about like of those positions um, to where you're at now, I guess like how has that kind of paved the way to where you're at right now with your, with yeah. your role? I've been. I, I think I've been very fortunate in my uh, career. Um, I really started out as, as a help desk when I first graduated. Oh man! Uh, yeah, I wasn't level the best. one, level two. It was certainly level one. Oh geez! And, uh, 
Not even just it, doing password resets, huh? It was a lot of that. It was a lot of help me navigate around the web page. Yeah. And um, I was there for maybe three months, man. I didn't last long. Um, I got a job then down in uh, Midland, Texas. And uh, my my uh, mom and my brother were living down in uh, Austin at the time. And I looked at a map. I'd never been to Midland, Texas. But on the map, it didn't look that far. Uh, in reality, it's about an eight-hour drive, so it's yeah. pretty far. And Midland's in kind of the middle of nowhere. And I had just gotten married, uh, been married for maybe a month, and said, uh, all right, I got a job down in Midland, Texas, with uh, the state of Texas, actually. Um, you know, small raise. Uh, we're going. And uh, I remember packing everything into a U-Haul trailer and uh, heading down there, uh, maybe 14, 15-hour drive, and... Uh, you know, we, we had gotten an apartment we picked on the internet and got there and, uh, it was about the size of, uh, this table we're sitting at and, uh, said that's not going to work. So we put all the stuff in storage and I stayed at a, uh, pay per night hotel or motel. Yeah. It wasn't a hotel. Um, <laughs> uh, for the first couple of weeks, uh, my wife wasn't down there yet. And, uh, I started at a, um, yeah, for the state of uh, Texas, administering kind of the food stamps benefit kind of things, but I was a user on their uh, benefits administrative program, right? And uh, really caught on to um, that program, learned it inside and out, um, and uh, you know, eventually my my wife came down. So we did nine months out there in Midland. I was working around the clock, not making a dime, and uh, living in a a pretty crummy apartment, you know, I didn't think Colleen was going to make it, but she did. Um, and, uh, finally got transferred into Austin and, uh, got a job, um, as a user acceptance tester. Oh man. And so on the same system I, I was using before. And so, um, you know, as you recall, my, uh, mom was in the IT field and, uh, she, you know, being a single mom, had taken me and my brother to a lot of those, uh, dinner meetings, what have you. And so we've been around, uh, this industry our entire lives without really realizing it. And so that really became, that really came, uh, natural to me. Um, and was really fortunate to get that position. Um, going back to my time in Nevada, actually, this lady that I worked in her yard as a kid, yeah, uh, she was the testing manager and oh, hired yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and so really goes to show you some of those, uh, odd jobs you do as a kid can really pay off as an adult, uh, certainly did. And she mentored me on, um, uh, you know, she was an ex IBMer, And so really mentored me on, uh, the proper way to test there. I mean, there's a methodology around that. And right. so really that was my first step into it. And, uh, I got some opportunities to lead some teams, testing teams, uh, got some opportunities to, um, do a lot of the business analysis and then ultimately got an opportunity to do some, uh, project management. And, um, then I got a job with a, uh, a vendor, um, that was actually a vendor for the state. And I went to work for them, um, as a, uh, BA or, um, business architect really kind of with a technical slant. Yeah. Um, and a, uh, project management role as well. And so, um, I really got to cut my teeth on a lot of different projects there. Um, you know, there's still a lot of uh, growing pains I pull from from that. And, uh, you know, I, I think was very fortunate to get 
in the hip pocket of the CEO of that company. And so I've, you know, as I look back at my career, I, I've been very fortunate um, to have some really great folks mentor me. And that was certainly um, one. And then um, we were looking to come back to, uh, Colleen was looking to come back to uh, Nebraska uh, to be close to her sister. And yeah. so uh, ultimately uh, made the move back here um, and had been doing some sales work um, at, at my previous company, but uh, you know, project management was easier to get into. Started with a larger organization here in Omaha, a really great run organization, but um, probably not going to allow me to be as agile and, and try as many creative things as, right. as I would have liked. Yeah. And so um, that's where you and I met. Um, you know, had that fateful lunch where you met a, a handsome man that you wanted to come <laughs> work with you, Gosh. and uh, you know, you guys can tune out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, made the transition from uh, project manager and and technical side of the house to uh, solution sales because my passion was really learning about people's business and and yeah. helping them solve that problem. Yeah, and. I really believe that's what sales is all about. So uh, that's probably more than you were asking about, but that's how I got here. Yeah, no, that's good, man. I mean, that's kind of like the direction I was wanting to head because um, as we're, you know, both of us, uh, well, you, I guess like I had started out a little bit in high school doing some C++ and HTML, all that fun stuff way back in the day. You were probably still in junior high or something. That's probably true. <laughs> you know, and uh and so anyways, uh, it's always interesting to see kind of like how the career path develops. Um, cause obviously, as you mentioned, like looking back, um, I can see how everything that I did aligned from being like an electrician in college to getting my first job at a, at a global international or a global industrial construction supply company and how that electrician knowledge and application ability helped me land that, um, and then kind of moved forward from there. Um, same kind of situation for you, man. It sounded like uh, a lot of those positions just kind of helped align from, you know, the woman that you you mentioned as well. And um, just like those acquaintances. And I don't know about you, but like with a lot of those roles, like did you get them like just through people that you knew or, uh, you know, introductions, referrals, that type of stuff? Yeah, it was people, uh, you know, that I – I knew, uh, yeah. but also, um, I think I've had some opportunities from folks that I made a good impression with right. in a meeting or yeah. an encounter. Um, and, uh, again, I, I, I don't know. I think very blessed, very fortunate, uh, to, to have people that, that saw something in me and said, you know, I, I'd really like to see where that's going to go and develop that. Um, y you know, and so again, very fortunate and I uh, always look back and can take very little credit for, for where I'm at. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so going forward, like, um, with the diverse background in it that you have, I guess, what do you, where do you see kind of like the majority of your interests kind of like driving as, as the industries like evolve? I mean, we're talking about container technology. We're talking about everything's digital transformation, automation, um, I guess, like, how does that play into your interests? I, I think it plays a lot into it. Um, first and foremost, I, I enjoy learning. And so w when I go into an opportunity, I'm a sponge. Uh, I don't 
I go into a lot of different industries where I don't necessarily have domain knowledge. And so I, I really depend on the customer um, to help me understand the use case. And then what I really get excited about is shaping a solution around that. What I find is customers don't care what the product is called. They really just want their problem solved. And so that's what I get excited about. And so certainly it's really exciting to watch all these new technology trends emerge and how we can apply those and solve uh, really tough business problems that we haven't been able to solve before. Yeah. But in the end, people don't care what it's called. They really right. don't. Does it solve my business need? Does it help me get ahead in my industry? And, you know, does it help me drive revenue? And that's what I get excited about. Does it really give drive operational efficiencies? Does it increase your margin? Right. That's awesome. That's what I want to sell you. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't I don't want to sell you something you don't need. Right. Right. Good point, man. All right. So you shared a little bit about like your interest uh when it comes to um you know, changes in like IT and business. So um I guess kind of backing it out of there a little bit, like what are some of your interests outside of like all the the customer meetings, the traveling, all that type of stuff, man? What's keeping you busy? Well, besides my uh, two month old, um, that <laughs> that tends to take up the majority. I can relate. Uh, of, yeah, <laughs> of my time. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, I think my biggest hobby as I get older is golf. Um, I don't want to look at how much I spend on that, uh, per year. I think you'd be a lot better by now for as much as you play. I think you would really (laughs) think, um, (laughs) you know, I got the rest of my life to master that. Oh yeah. Yep. And then also I think, um, my two big passions outside of that is coffee and, uh, food, coffee and food. So what's up with the coffee, man? Like, how'd you develop, like, just this love for coffee other than Folgers? Like, well, what's up? I, I think there's something to the, you know, it's kind of a drug, right? So you really enjoy the addiction. Um, and then outside of that, I, I think it's been a really fun thing as I travel for work is to really try some different flavors in different markets and what are they doing. And, um, you know, even around here, uh, a, a lot of great roasters. And so... Uh, that's a fun hobby for me. Um, and then, you know, I, I just love coffee. I drink way too much of it. And on that note, we will take uh, requests for uh, coffee sponsorships. So if you have an interest, please go to our website and submit to our um, contact us. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have a very discerning palate. Yeah, exactly. And we will rate it online for you <laughs> i'm just sure, kidding yeah, uh, people. yeah we'll yeah. shoot you a quick promo here so anyways uh no but man you mentioned uh food there too right obviously you're not a big guy so you might be eating like a bird so yeah you got like a bag of seed or what's going on uh that's a genetic blessing i think but the you know uh went to a uh pop-up here in omaha this past uh week um, I sent you pictures of that. I saw the pictures of that, man. It was like a bucket. It was like literally a bucket of potatoes and chicken. like And greens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Seriously. it wasn't a bucket. Though. I mean, they served it in a bowl. Like a very large bowl. Yeah. It, well, it was family style. It's for me and my wife. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but very good. And so, you know, 
those are the little things I think when you have a, a, a little one that you can look forward to. It's those couple hours you can get outside of the house. But my main focus now is, is certainly him outside of work. Awesome, man. I totally relate there. Uh, pretty neat feeling, huh? Having a having a firstborn son. Yeah, yeah I don't know. it's pretty incredible. So certainly scary, I think, going in. Um, but uh, you know, every day that he gets a little more active, a little more smiley, um, it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I I can't wait till they actually grow up, and then my kid will be able to beat your kid at sports. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I actually don't live too far away, so I'm sure they'll go to the same school. They well, I think they're going to go opposite schools, so they'll they'll compete. Really? Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. And uh, you know, I, I have a future uh, PGA pro on my hands. That's for sure. So yeah. I can already tell. That's all right. Right on. I'll get my kid into wrestling and and yeah, jujitsu, that type of stuff. So. That pays well. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Oh. Are you done here? Are you can can we? I, I think so. I think we can give you like a little break here, man. Um, I think that what we can do is plan ahead for our future podcasts here, where we're going to dive in deeper to um, getting connected. Either it'll be Kent and I that will be um, diving into specific business and IT related topics. Um, and challenges that we've both experienced or that we've um, we've been seeing like in the markets right now. Um, or actually what we'll do is we'll be able to get someone here um, to interview. And so what we'll be doing, kind of what we did on the original intro where we'll be interviewing um, local executives, um, you know, just the local professionals that are relevant um, to what, what we're looking to dive into um, within organizational challenges, whether that's strategy, process, um, product, project, all that type of fun stuff, uh, sales, marketing, all that. So, um, so I guess that's kind of like where we're going to look to head to. Yeah. And, and, and certainly we'll tackle topics that you guys are interested in. So feel free to, uh, email us, uh, what you want to hear about. We'll dive into that, do our best to provide, um, answers to those, whether they're uh, questions that you have around your specific sales scenario or there's trends in the market you want us to take a look at, uh, we'll tackle that. Yeah, and we'll also, uh, if you want to reach out to us, we'll actually also take uh, requests to interview um, to to be on our podcast. I mean, we'd love to uh, feature you and your organization and, um, you know, come on here and let's, let's share some uh, relevant challenges that are going to be valuable to our listeners and some things that we can discuss a little bit more in depth and Hey, you know, promote your organization a little bit and what you guys do. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time. All right, guys, we will talk to you soon. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That was the interview with Kent Panovic for the week. We will be back uh, next week with a new podcast for you. So stay tuned and uh, look forward to having you guys listen in.